0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Crushing Real Estate with Brian Pham, where we interview real estate professionals around the industry. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show and leave a very positive review. We release an episode every single Sunday, so stay tuned. Enjoy. Hey, guys, welcome to another episode of Crushing It in Real Estate. This week, we have Arlen. Arlen is a real estate investor here in the Bay Area. I, I believe he does buying holds in the area. In, in the area, and yeah, we, we go we go way back to the to the beginning of my real estate career. Uh, Arlen and I actually met each other three to four years ago. He's actually one of the first investors I ever talked to that got me into real estate with his stories. Very excited to
1: have him on the show. Arlen, welcome to the Crushing Real Estate Podcast. Well, thank you very much for having me on your show. This is a great honor. I'm really, really happy uh, to be here with you today.
0: Of course. Hey, Arlen, can you kind of walk us through how you got started in the real estate and what type of investments do you do?
1: Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm a buy and hold uh, investor here in the San Francisco Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always been the market that I, I've been uh, going after. So I, I don't do any flips. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, do anything else other than uh, buy and hold. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've been in the market, in the Bay Area market for a few decades now. Um, Started off with uh, purchasing places for myself um, and uh, renting out rooms. So Mm -hmm. uh, I guess that would be called house hacking nowadays. Back in the Mm -hmm. day, uh, it was just, you know, getting roommates. Um, But that's how I started off uh, in the real estate world. And that kind of grew. Uh, more recently about uh, 6 7 years ago mm-hmm. into buying actual rentals mm-hmm. um, and that's where i am today
0: definitely and for our listeners house hacking is when you purchase your house and you rent out other rooms to cover your mortgage exactly yep exactly. so that's that's a great strategy for most people just getting started in real estate that you know to kind of live for free essentially yep. you have to be a landlord and yeah that skill goes a long way in, in order to scale up your business. No
1: more rentals. Exactly. It, it's the best way to get into, into real estate. I think it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's a real easy way to get in. Um, you're not really doing anything different than, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a college student or fresh out of school, mm-hmm. um, having roommates and living that way. Um, it, it's a great transition into real estate.
0: Definitely. Hey, Arlen, we know that you're a buy and hold investor, but How'd you come up with the initial capital to get into real estate investing? Because we already know that the Bay Area is one of the most expensive markets out there. Sure. We want to understand what kind of other entrepreneur are you?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I have to have to chalk up a lot of that to to luck and timing, Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, the the way I really you know built up my funds. uh, Mm -hmm. This was before. Uh, the, the dot-com boom bust. Um, mm-hmm. I was uh, working at a company that uh, the, the shares were rising very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had gone all in on buying the employee stock purchase plans. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the position that I was in, I was very low on the totem pole at the company. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw market trends within my industry. So, mm-hmm. um, I did a, a deep dive into my industry, into my competitors. That was part of my job, mm-hmm. which taught me a lot about the potential, uh, of the company itself going up or down.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, after a couple of years of, of accumulating, uh, shares in my own company, mm-hmm. I did something called, um, you know, bracketing. So All I right. was putting puts and calls on, uh, the company shares that I had. So they're mm-hmm. covered puts and covered calls. Um, and that allowed me to make money going up and down, uh, in the stock market. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very lucky, um, in that I got out of uh, all my shares right before the mm-hmm. bust happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, uh, a lot of it had to do with, with luck, um, mm-hmm. in, in my timing and my analysis of, of what was going on in the industries. Okay. Um, and from that point, it was just a matter of going into the real estate side and, and,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and really trying to uh, protect cash. And I, I thought going into real estate was, was the right move.
0: Okay. Well, that's, that gives us a lot of, in itself, a lot of lessons <laughs> learned, um, I think that, you know, you're, you're being extremely humble right now, <laughs> but I know nowadays when I meet new investors, I see them like oh, I need to get out of my job or I just want to quit out of the blue and just get into real estate full time. But I I really like your story and your approach. I mean, you, you know, you paid your dues, like you, you built the capital before you got into real estate. Sure, sure. Um, I think that, you know, that's, I think that's, that's one of the better ways to go. Cause I feel yeah. like a lot of people get into real estate with no, with all the is growing on, like no, with no cash in your bank or whatnot. I think you can still make it with a lot of hustle, but yeah. like, I think that a lot of people underestimate how hard it really is to get into real estate.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I, I agree with you hundred percent. I mean, there, there was a step between uh, you know, me working for somebody else and going into real estate in, in that, I took the funds um, that I accumulated and purchased a company, uh, a very small company in very old technology. Uh, I knew going into um, you know, the, the, the company that I was working at at the time that I did not want to be a cog in the bigger machine and that someday I wanted to be you know the guy. Whether yeah. it was in a small company or whatever it was, um, I was seeking uh, the freedom. Mm -hmm. Uh, that comes with being, you know, an entrepreneur or the owner of a company or whatever you want to call it. Um, And so the the interim step was for me to to buy a company and Mm -hmm. grind at that um, for (laughs) quite a long time Mm -hmm. um, and continue to accumulate cash. And then after that, uh, during that period of time, um, I acquired one of my competitors and then I started working at, <laughs> working at some other companies, yeah. um, you know, small things now, I mean, it sounds much more exciting than it really is. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but to me it was, there were small stepping stones, mm-hmm. um, getting me to my end goal, which is the the freedom, um, that I was looking for. Definitely. Um, and then, so as I was transitioning through these companies, and you know, trying to acquire more revenue streams, and that was my my goal. Was that mm-hmm. um, I think it's really important. A lot, I think a lot of people kind of lose sight of that. Is that uh, they get focused on one thing, which it might be, you know, getting out of the W two and getting into real estate. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people don't realize that actually having a W two uh, makes things a little bit easier in terms yes. of getting financing yeah. and things like that. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've heard some stories of people, they, they just quit their job and mm-hmm. then they want to get into real estate and then they realize, oh my God, you know, how do I do this? If I don't have a W2 and I can show mm-hmm. that I have income coming in to get mm-hmm. those loans. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it was a matter of building up, uh, my small company, um, uh, and then building up the cash, uh, to get into the real estate side of things, uh, which was another revenue stream that I eventually wanted to get back to, mm-hmm. um. And so that, that that was really my journey was, okay. you know, over several decades before I really got to the real estate phase.
0: Definitely. You, pay, you definitely paid your dues. And I also want to point out that you brought up a lot of important lessons. Um, you know, you had a series of little wins. Like this success that you're enjoying right now didn't exactly happen overnight. You know, you built up your little wins and you mo- it turned into momentum pretty much to bring you, th- bring you to where you are. And I feel like there's a lot of people out there that they only see the finished product. They only see sure. the, the finished picture. But they're neglecting that, hey, like you have to have, yeah, it's a journey. Like you have to have these little wins that cater up and to, into big results. I think that, that's, that in itself is a very important lesson for our listeners. And also I'd like to point out again that you know, you mentioned that like, getting finance is a lot easier when you have W-2. I absolutely agree. But ironically, I feel like, this is strictly my opinion, by the way, that the system is a little bit backwards, you know? Like, I feel like as an entrepreneur, it's it's much harder to get financing when your income can be much bigger. Like, they yeah, just yeah. like to see W-2, which I don't understand the system. That's just strictly my opinion for our listeners listening, but...
1: It's, it, it's, it's definitely true. Yeah. Um, you know, the system is 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 almost rigged against you to you know, from becoming an actual entrepreneur and, mm-hmm. you know, getting out and doing your own thing because it's so much more difficult. I mean, everybody knows when, once you start getting into it, you know, the banks will lend you money when you don't need money. <laughs> you know I mean? It's, 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 it's the craziest thing. Yeah. Um, so like the, the, the first properties that I, I, I bought in Mountain View, um, mm-hmm. the story, the backstory on that was I cashed out everything, um, because, you know, I, I, I I just couldn't pull down the, the loans that I needed, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, to acquire those properties, but I knew they were good deals. Yeah. Um, and and when I say I cashed out everything, I, I cashed out, you know, mm-hmm. college money, I cashed out <laughs> stocks. I Can you give us a little money. more context on this deal? Uh, what year was it? How much was it? Like, yeah. So, so this was, um, uh, about 2000, 2000- 13, I think it was. So it was about six, almost seven years ago. Okay. Um, and I wanted to get into real estate and I was looking for a fourplex. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't, you know, I knew I wanted to have multiple doors, but I didn't want to make a, a, a big jump. And so I was looking for a fourplex. Um, what, what came up was two fourplexes that were right next door to each other. And this was, was an interest. Yeah, it was eight year, units total. And I only wanted one, but the sellers uh, would not sell to two different buyers mm-hmm. they wanted a single buyer um it created an interesting dilemma because institutional buyers they didn't want you know two little fourplexes right mm-hmm. um and most smaller investors mm-hmm. didn't want to pick up eight units all of a sudden
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and so at, at that point i made the call i had the funding to purchase one because that's what i was planning mm-hmm. um but I realized the location was a good, good location. The, the buildings um, were in poor shape. So there was a lot of upside that I could put into a lot of sweat equity could go into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I made the decision to go ahead and, you know, liquidate everything else I had mm-hmm. and then go all in into the, into those units. Mm-hmm.
0: That's insane.
1: Yeah, yeah. Looking back on it, it it, it was a very crazy move. (laughs) (laughs) For our listeners
0: out there, Mountain View—it's a suburb inside the Bay Area. The I don't know how much it was seven years ago, but the houses there are way over one million dollars now. So I can only imagine how much an A-plex would cost.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I mean, I'll I'll get into the numbers for you for you on this. Um, So when I acquired the 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 four they were eight forty. Um, per fourplex, 840,000 wow. per fourplex. That's
2: insane. Um, and yeah, it,
1: it's insane, you know, thinking about it now.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and the rents back then, when I purchased the the, the units, they were all one bedroom, one bath. Um, mm-hmm. The rents were about $900 per unit.
0: That's still insane. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, right. It, it, there's no way you could find that now.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, and, and through the six years of ownership and um, renovating the properties and whatnot, um, the units are the, the fourplexes. Each fourplex is uh, they're valued around two million now each. Um, each um, they're actually a little north of that each. Uh, <laughs> oh, they, the rents, <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and then you know the, the rents per unit went from nine hundred and now they're I think twenty uh, two hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, luckily I made the, the right call, made the right yeah, bet on that one. Definitely. Uh, but at the time, you know, when, when I did the acquisition in the first year, um, right after the acquisition, it was a very, very painful and stressful time. Of course. Um, but I'm, you know, at, at this point, I'm, I'm very, obviously very happy that, that mm-hmm. I, I pulled the trigger on that.
0: Definitely, man. So that's, that's, that's a good, good point too. I mean, you, you, you support, you I like the fact that you you didn't cave in to your emotions, you know, because I feel like for most investors, like when when you purchase something that out of your scope and you you feel emotional, like it kind of overrides your logic a little bit. But I like sure. the fact that you stuck to the numbers, I like the fact that you stuck to your gut and you're stuck to the fact that you know this is logically a very good investment, sure. and you know it paid off it paid off
2: a lot.
1: Sure. Um, yeah, it, it, definitely did. I mean, in, in, in at the time, um, I, I pulled the trigger I and mean, I'm, I'm probably older than most of your demographic. I was, you know, at, at that time I was in my mid forties. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was at a point where I knew that if I didn't pull the trigger, then,
2: mm-hmm. uh, I probably never
1: would get into the real estate side of things. Definitely. Um, and, and the fact was, is that after I pulled the trigger and purchased places, I was tapped out in in terms of cash. So I had to learn the skills to do all the renovations myself. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was one of those instances where, you know, you, you know, you just have to push through, right. You got to do what you got to do to get through to the other side. Definitely. Um, So when I say it was, you know, a very stressful, you know, first year, it definitely Mm -hmm. was uh, because I was still working, you know, uh, my W2, which is, you know, my, my mm-hmm. primary business. Yeah. And then, you know, on the way home, I would stop off at my units and, mm-hmm. you know, put in another three, four hours of renovation work.
2: That's, um, you know,
1: that was, that was literally every day. Um, you know, every day for about a year. Mm-hmm. And then on the weekends I was putting in eight hours, Saturday, eight hours, Sunday.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so it was, you know, but it was well, you know, looking back, if you look at the numbers, you know, it was well worth the effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at that time, um, you know, I didn't know where you know the value would go to. I didn't know exactly where the rents would go, but I knew they were going Both of those were going to go north, mm-hmm. um, just because of the way this market is. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes you you just have to make that decision mm-hmm. and you know work through your fear. Definitely,
0: yeah. I'm I can totally relate to your story. Um, I have similar to you. I currently have 16 units. I have to say the first year of every single eight unit I bought was complete hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: <yeah. laughs> like,
0: We're making the right decision. It's taking too much time and money, yeah. man.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
0: You just have to have your eyes on the prize, you know,
1: yeah. like, yeah, definitely. definitely. And, and, it, and, it, and I think it's a little different for everybody. And in my case, um, I had come to the realization I was more afraid of not doing mm-hmm. or not pulling the trigger than actually being afraid of actually pulling the trigger. Mm -hmm. Um, because the consequences I knew in my head that if I didn't do it at that point in time I never would Yeah, and you know it was you know a decision that it's like if I don't do this I know you know when I'm in my 60s or 70s I'm going to look back and regret it and I will will regret it definitely yeah
0: I I had the same thoughts too for me it's like if I don't pull the trigger and get into real estate like I'll never get into real estate because that fear will just overwhelm me sure and I feel that You know, win or lose, you always learn. So you always win. Yeah. You you never quite lose. You you lose money, but it's temporary. Yeah. You gain knowledge, which is priceless.
1: Exactly. I mean, you're always moving forward, right? You're always moving forward in one way or another. Um, And that's, you know, that's the best part of uh, the real estate game is that, Mm -hmm. you know, every every instance of a win or a failure is actually a move forward. Definitely. 100%. Exactly.
0: Absolutely agree. Carolyn, okay, let's, trends, let's um, I guess move forward to the next segment of the show. Sure. Hey, what are your short-term and long-term goals in real estate?
1: Well, uh, my short-term goals, um, I'm, right now I'm looking to actually buy a commercial property. Mm-hmm. Um, when I say a commercial property, I'm looking for an industrial building.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and the reason I'm looking for an industrial building is that uh, in the past, uh, I also have another industrial building. And I've used that industrial building for some startups mm-hmm. uh, companies and they weren't my startups. Um, I, I do fully realize that they're way younger, way smarter guys than me out there who have really good ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've traded space um, in these, in, in this industrial small industrial complex for uh, you know, small pieces in their companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has been a, a great play also, uh, over mm-hmm. the past couple of decades,
0: that that's great. I think you you're understanding your geo geographic, you know, population, and you're making a real estate play towards it. You know, because sure. we are in the San Francisco Bay Area, we are in Silicon Valley. Yeah, and over here, I you know, tech and real estate they rule the industry. Sure, and the fact that you're thinking of creative ways to combine those two is absolutely. It's very smart play on your side, you know?
1: Thank you. So, so that's my tactical move right now. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to stabilize. You know, I have a few other uh, residential properties that I'm working on and mm-hmm. trying to stabilize those um, to get to the same level as, as my properties down in Mountain View so they can just become hands-off.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, get that done, you know, pick up another industrial, light industrial building,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, kind of try to expand on that side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, So that's what I'm looking for tactically Um, on a strategic basis. um, I I do want to raise my number of doors, um, whether it's the industrial buildings or the residential doors. Mm -hmm. um, So I can start actually bringing in management and I can start bringing in uh, maintenance guys in house. Mm -hmm. Uh, I find, you know, one, one of my, biggest headaches is, is you know dealing with subs right now mm-hmm. and, and trying to get guys to come out, you know, on time and work on stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, I find that, that that's just a drag on my time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have, you know, I have 20 doors now in mm-hmm. terms of residential, um, mm-hmm. uh, plus my industrial building. So I, I'm pretty close to what I believe is the number I need to be at to be mm-hmm. able to actually bring somebody in full time.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and, uh, so that, that's where I'm looking to go, is, is to okay. try to get more hands-on. Definitely. Sounds great. I have a question regarding sure. that. Do you feel like it's more important to have
0: more units or more paid-off units? Because that's, that's essentially an ongoing debate that I have with um, buy-and-hold investors. Like, is it more important to have fewer paid-off units or more doors in general? What, what is your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I think that has more to do with where you are in your personal investment cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're if you're a guy who um is been in the industry for a while mm-hmm. and you have um your your base income, mm-hmm. then maybe it, it makes more sense to go to go to paid off units and get more cash flow.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and I mean, there is less headaches that come along with that. Um, sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that that could be the way for some people to go. In, in my case, right now, mm-hmm. uh, I'm still looking to lock down, um, you know, loans, you know, hmm. leverage myself um, further uh, because I'm a buy and hold guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there is something to be said about um, having uh, properties under leverage and using that cash for, uh, to expand your, your, your holdings mm-hmm. or also using that cash from you know, the, the refis or whatever um, in your personal life too, uh, instead of using uh, income that's flowing in that mm-hmm. becomes taxable. So I, I'm trying to get more, uh, I guess the, the, the term would be tax efficient. Mm-hmm. In terms of the the money I'm making or spending,
0: definitely, yeah, right. absolutely agree with that. That's a that's a good approach. I mean, that's I mean, it really depends on your circumstance, you know, and what yeah. you want out of life. Yeah, if you know, I, I mean, at the end of the day, like, there's always going to be positives and negatives on each side.
1: Yeah, like, yeah, definitely. An argument, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, and I think it has a lot to do with really where you are in your 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 personal life cycle and your investment cycle. Mm-hmm. I think that if if you're you're looking to retire and uh, you just need the cash flow then yeah, you know, paying off and just, you know, getting checks every month and you know, always having that fixed number coming in, uh I think that makes a lot of sense. Um there's a lot of security in that. And it, if you're in a growth mode, Mm-hmm. Um, then I think, you know, adding doors and, you know, leveraging, especially right now when interest rates are so low,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, that it, to me, it makes sense because I'm still in that expansion mode, mm-hmm. but I, 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 would see myself maybe in 10 years or something like that where I'd want to go into, uh, you know, more, you know, less, less leverage, mm-hmm. um, and just rely more on the cash flow that's coming in.
0: Yeah, definitely. Absolutely agree with that one. Hey, Arlen, what is your big source, biggest source of motivation?
1: Oh, well, you know, that, that that's easy. Um, so, you know, it, you, you read a lot of these books about, you know, your, your one word or your why or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to me, it all boils down to what I said earlier, which was just freedom, right? Mm-hmm. I want freedom to be able to, do whatever, whenever I want and mm-hmm. not have the limitations placed upon me uh, that a dollar figure might put, whether that's, you know, in medical care and, you know, you don't, you don't want to be in a position where you can't pay for a certain surgery or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Or if, uh, you know, if I'm traveling and I don't want to fly economy because I'm tired or whatever it is, and you know, have that freedom to upgrade mm-hmm. uh, to business or, I was explaining to somebody the other day, it's like, look, having that freedom to go, you know, have a five guys burger one day or go to, you know, Alexander Steakhouse the the next day, Mm -hmm. right? Um, The freedom to be able to send my kids to college without having to worry about the whole, uh, you know, the financial piece. Mm -hmm. So, so to me, it, it all comes down to the one word freedom.
0: Yeah. Definitely. I think, think that's the biggest source of motivation for a lot of real estate investors out there. You know, sure, sure. it's, it's not about investing in real estate per se. It's about what it, investing in real estate means. Sure. You know? and, it, it,
1: exactly. Financial right. security, financial freedom. It, exactly. Mm-hmm. It, exactly. And, and I think I might be a little bit different than, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of your demographic or a lot of your, your listeners in that, you know, real estate to me is a tool to get me to that freedom. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I don't see just doing real estate to get there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I, you know, I think that there, you, you, you people talk about, you know, trying to have multiple streams of income, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that that's really, really important to, to develop and think about as mm-hmm. people are going through um, their growth phase of, mm-hmm. you know, becoming a real estate investor or, or, or whatever it may be. Definitely.
0: Nice. Hey Arlen, what kind of advice would you give someone that's just starting out in real estate?
1: Just starting out in real estate, I, I think you know definitely meeting people is the the first step, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you have to have that that right attitude. I mean, I I meet so many people, um, you know, for coffee or lunch or or drinks or whatever, mm-hmm. and I, I would say ninety nine percent of the people they just kind of disappear mm-hmm. um, after that one interaction. Definitely. Um, and, I, and I think that, you know, staying focused and, you know, and trying to figure out what, what area of real estate fits you in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I see a lot of people talking about whether they should be buy and hold or they should be flippers or, you know, so many different options, so many different ways to make money in real estate that you know doing furnished rentals mm-hmm. um, that people get caught up with the dollar figure that's behind it mm-hmm. instead of analyzing who they really are mm-hmm. and does their personality fit that part of the industry? Um, mm-hmm. A really good example I have is one of my you know, good friends Jay Martin right He's you know he's into the furnished rental business. And Mm -hmm. he actually rents, you know, several of my, my units to, to use as furnished rentals. Mm -hmm. Um, and it works out well because I know that that part of real estate just does not fit me. Like Mm -hmm. I could never go down the road of doing furnished rentals. And Mm -hmm. even if I were to set up, um, you know, uh, virtual assistants to to deal with a lot of the, you know people coming through and you know, have all the processes. That that's just not who I am. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the same thing with you know being a flipper. I do enjoy you know working on my own properties and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, but you know, having to go through finding properties. You know, all the time to, you know, renovate and flip and keep that business going is just not part of my personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I tell everybody, Hey, you know, the first thing you got to do is you have to understand who you are, mm-hmm. know, what your strengths are
0: mm-hmm.
1: and know what your weaknesses are Definitely before you decide on what part of real estate that you're going to get into.
0: Mm-hmm. And I also want to add more to your point, like I feel like, you know, when you first start, you get the shiny object syndrome where you're like, oh, wow, that person makes so much money. Ooh, that person makes so much money. But the thing is, whatever you decide to pick in real estate, if you stick with it and become really, really good at it, you're going to make a lot of money. Yeah. No matter what niche you're in. Definitely. It's all about, you're right. It's all about finding the niche that fits your personality the best and just just go all in. Yeah,
1: definitely. You're going to be super wealthy either way. You know? Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, it's it, admittedly difficult when you, you know, when you surround yourself with a lot of friends who are in real estate and you hear your friends, you know, they got this deal and they got this other deal and they, yeah. they just flipped this thing and they made all this money. And it's really difficult not to like start looking over there and say, hey, you know, maybe I could do that. Definitely. Um,
0: I am you know, too. I'm very guilty of that. <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: and, you know, I, I think what, what people learn is that, you know, it, you, you waste a lot of, time and energy by Mm -hmm. chasing those shiny objects, right? Instead of just focusing on your core. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I think a lot, a lot of, you know, current society is based around you know, fast, you know, the fast money. You know, Mm -hmm. the the Instagram, you know, the Facebook posts, all those different things where everybody's flexing and they, you know, they got this deal and they're doing this and the before and after pictures and all these other things, Mm -hmm. uh, which really hypes, you know, them up. But it also draws in a lot of newbies Mm -hmm. to think that, hey, this, this looks really easy, you know, it's it's a HGTV syndrome, right? Mm Uh, which is really, really dangerous. Um, It is
2: because
0: you get more emotional than you think you are. And when you're too emotional in your deals, you're gonna make a lot of mistakes. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Awesome. Hey, Arlen, what is your favorite book or podcast that you draw inspiration from?
1: Uh, My favorite book? Um, You know, I have, it it depends on the topics, right? So I, you know, I I obviously, um, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad was, you know, the, the book that really, you know, pushed me over the edge to get into real estate and really kind of, um, you know, dive deep into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but from a personal level, you know, uh, the richest man in Babylon,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, I, you know, I, it, it's kind of a tough read because it's not like you know, modern English. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, the, the, uh, the story behind it, I think if you apply it to yourself can take you a, a long way. Um, mm-hmm there you know there's books on leadership and things like that um but Mm -hmm. you know i think those two books you know to me made made the most impact yeah awesome appreciate
0: that hey arlen i guess as we are approaching the end of the show how can our listeners find out more about you
1: how can Uh, you you know reach out to me i'm uh on instagram uh investor arlen Mm -hmm. um you can reach out to me there anytime i'm also on bigger pockets Mm -hmm. um you can reach out to me there uh, I don't spend as much time on bigger pockets as I used to um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: just because I'm, I, I'm doing a, well, a lot more with my businesses right now. Um, but uh, Instagram, I'm, I'm, I'm there. Um, awesome. still, uh, yeah. Appreciate it. Arlen, thank you for your time. And thank you for being the show. Hey, I appreciate it. Hey, you know, hopefully um, bring some value, value to everybody out there. Of course you brought a ton of value. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All
2: right.